0: Dr. Lee, welcome back to the Illinois podcast.
1: Thank you. It's great to be
0: back. Yeah. And for folks that don't remember you or don't know you, can you uh, introduce yourself?
1: Sure. Uh, well, I'm Dr. Lee. I'm up to four states that I'm certifying patients for with medical marijuana. Um, and, you know, we've been doing this podcast for like a year and a half periodically. And we basically got our start on Reddit and through, you know, grassroots type stuff. Um, So it's always fun to be back here. I was actually doing my notes on patients from over the summer and I (laughs) ran across Cole. I ran across your uh, certification and usually I have this like column that tells me where I found this patient or where we got their business (laughs) and yours just says it's Cole.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, you know, you do provide a great service. Everybody that I see, um, like especially in the illinois cannabis community when somebody asks like hey you know i'm trying to get access to medical cannabis who do i go to i i always see you recommended as as top so yeah your your uh, grassroots thing it's still floating man <laughs> um,
1: I, I mean we get so many patients from reddit it's definitely the best thing that i ever did like taking the time to you know get to know people in the community and just uh you know actually talk to people it's been a ton of fun i won't say that there weren't a fair number of trolls along the way but it's still been a ton of fun
0: yeah well for folks that are legit you know trolls aside for folks that are legitimately um considering reaching out to you i want to cut right to the chase do they have any reason to be sweating bullets when they meet you dr lee
1: i would personally say no i mean (laughs) everyone in our group of uh our small group of doctors i mean we're all good friends and we're all marijuana people users um i have my own medical card and um although life circumstances have made me abstinent for the past five months um i've been a big fan of marijuana throughout my entire life
0: wow we might have to talk about your abstinence here in a little bit um congratulations on it i bet it is weird um I wanted to ask that though, because the number one question people, always well, okay. So the number one question when you're looking for medical cannabis is Mm -hmm. which doctor do I go to? And then the second follow-up question is how do I like, what do I got to worry about? What, you know, like people always, for some reason, feel like it's going to be this like interrogation. So I wanted to cut right to the chase for folks that are listening to kind of get a feel for, for who you are and how your service works, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there are some forms that you have to fill. Nothing's too crazy. You, we are legally obligated to get a treatment agreement saying that you're willing to be our patient. And then some form of medical records. Um, Illinois has a few different ways to do that. And one of them is to just provide us your doctor's information. So that's usually what I go for. Um, if you know the story is not perfect or something like that, I will contact the doctor and try to get you know, a set of medical records. Um, but you know, most of the time I just keep the doctor's information on file, I talk to the patient, and then, you know, do what we can in order to certify them. Um, once in a while, I'll find someone who I genuinely don't believe qualifies, and I'll just, you know, try to talk to them about their options. Um, but for almost anyone, I feel pretty comfortable making a decent case. Um, these days, we have been given power to say that patients have a lifelong medical condition. Um, I usually try to say yes to that just because... For most of the qualifying conditions, there's, you know, a pretty decent story for being a lifelong patient. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like we do a pretty good job. Everything's pretty convenient. Things are usually wrapped up in a day or so. Um, Illinois has made, I know they have some issues, which you are constantly exposing, um, but Illinois has done a decent job trying to improve uh, medical patient access to cannabis, which is always nice to see
0: yeah and so for folks that are looking for your services where can they find you online how do they get those services
1: yeah we are at greenmindphysicians.com um you can also email me at greenmindphysicians at gmail.com um yeah and we're we're just about everywhere instagram reddit email anything works there's plenty of ways to get a hold of me
0: cool cool uh folks as always we'll have that in the podcast description if it's easier for you to just click copy and paste what have you um so yeah last time we had you on it was for like a, a special episode we were doing regarding um the medical cannabis program and some of the uh problems that were continuing to plague it mm-hmm. um, and i wanted to thank you again for for setting aside time for that because it was totally impromptu and we felt like we just needed to get some boots-on-the-ground coverage on the things that were were happening. Can I ask, uh, Are things? do things seem better? They
1: seem okay. Um,
0: do you I mean, still have to log I, in 18 times a day? <laughs>
1: I do. That hasn't Holy changed. I don't, really, wow. I don't really expect it to change. Just having to change my password so many times, I'm just so used to it. You're just used uh, to it now. I mean, that's just... You know that's website development. Sometimes they can never get the login situation under control.
0: Yeah, um, you know, see, but you're a patient guy because I know you haven't smoked weed in six months or whatever. But I'm, you know, you're still a pretty cool and patient guy. I'm just saying, like my doctor, um, before he passed, uh, and it was before I before I met you. Um, you know, he helped me out, and at the time, it was kind. Of, it was still a pain in the ass process. It was all by paper, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't imagine here, like him having to deal with, I think he would just stop doing it, honestly, yeah. hearing what you have. had to deal with. And my worry is yeah. that other physicians are that way. You know, like, ah, how much do I really get out of this? You know, type yeah, of thing.
1: absolutely. Especially because most people are traditional practice and they don't like, you know, charge for this type of thing. Right. So it really is like limited, uh, you know, limited incentive for a lot of people. But I'm always willing to pick up the slack.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And that's why we love you, man. Um, <laughs> So cool. Well, I wanted to say that, you know, when I, when we talked last time, I think I alluded to the fact that I was still having issues with my allotment. Like you, we had, pro- you and I had processed it multiple times that finally went through. So, Hey, maybe they fixed that. How um, long did it take? It, it took until this month, which made me think that maybe the change didn't register until my card officially expired. Right. So, so yeah, just, just trying to think of it analytically. Um, I feel like that's how it worked because basically it showed my new card, my digital card, you know, in a status mm. that basically wasn't active yet because my current card wasn't expired yet. Right. right. And so um but I found it weird when I looked at that that it said two and a half when you had certified me for five. And I was like, I was worried about it. But yeah. as soon as I checked this month when it said, hey, your, you know, your electronic card is available now. I looked mm-hmm. at it and it said five ounces, five ounces. And I was like, okay, well, it went through. And maybe yeah. it just took a while or whatever. So I think um, it
1: definitely has to do with the fact that I didn't, A, I didn't certify you the first time, and B you were paper the first time and online second time. And I've turned that like, those, either of those factors will slow down the processing. Like yesterday I, I did an allotment increase for someone and I certified them the first time and they got it done in like a day.
0: Very um, cool. But,
1: yeah. So it just kind of depends. They're not good with the weird cir- circumstances, but if it's. Yeah, I was going to say, I
0: may have been an edge case. I've been, i been a patient <laughs> for quite a while. So, um, Okay. Well, that's cool to hear that. I mean, it's not cool to hear that you're experiencing those issues, but it's cool to hear that, like, generally speaking, maybe the the tides are a little bit calmer than they were when we last talked. I just know that there was a lot of issues with certs and, and everything else. So,
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, that's one of the main reasons to go through our company versus anyone else, because we're, I mean, I'm the only Illinois guy. I don't know why I keep saying we, it's me i'm like so used to this program and getting patients through it and there's a million things that can go wrong uh um, on the patient side of registering with the state and i, I mean at this point i kind of know how to handle it so
0: hell shout yeah. out to me woo <laughs> shout out to dr lee hell yeah well um you know i wanted to ask you recently just just to dive right into maybe a discussion topic oh yeah um sure. Uh, unless you had anything else on what we were just talking about before we move on.
1: Not really.
0: Okay. Um, I saw you recently made a blog post. I love your blog. It's a, good, uh, it's a good time to remind people that you do have a blog with a lot of great information and citations. We love <laughs> citations, folks. We love to encourage you to do your own research. And so um, I saw one of your recent posts was everything you need to know about medical, cannabis, and firearm ownership yeah Um, tell us a little bit about it dr lee
1: well it's it's kind of a weird topic personally just because i i am not a fan of firearms and neither is anyone on the staff like the web developer that made that page the people that helped with the research like none of us are gun people Um, but you know things being the way they are in the world plenty of people really care about the right to own firearms and having done this job for two years We get this question all the time, like, "What is the deal with firearms?" This and that, and I never really had a great answer, Um, and I still didn't have a really great answer until I, you know, posted the article and got some answers (laughs) from Reddit um, about what people have gone through. Um, We had a patient who uh, tried to purchase a firearm earlier this month. He is a registered patient, and he got rejected, and they said, "You can't get a gun because you." uh you are habitually using drugs aka marijuana um so that kind of that kind of seemed funny because he said that on the form he put that there's only one question specifically about cannabis it says are you addicted to marijuana he put no because he considered himself you know not addicted um but he still got rejected so i wanted to figure out why that was um so i got you know i I put a blog together, and then I posted it on Reddit, and I think we have a semi-answer. I don't know if we have a slam-dunk answer, but um, it seems that it's different based on each state. There are some states that will not share their medical marijuana registry with the federal government, so when you buy a gun, they can't search the registry. They can't use it against you. Uh, states that do that, Oklahoma, earlier this year, uh, Missouri passed a law doing the same thing. Pennsylvania, they you know, their medical patient registries are hands off. Um, What I gather from all of this is that Illinois is not, like their registry is searchable by the federal government. So if you are a patient and you try to purchase a firearm, um, you will get found and they will reject it. So this patient cannot be a firearm owner for a year. And he's trying to decide what to do, you know, give up your card, continue being medical patient, so, yeah, it's kind of a state by state situation.
0: Very interesting. Yeah. And I've I've never really been able to clear up how the federal government has access to it. But I've, I've always just surmised it has something to do with the Illinois State Police, because in the past they have had access to that data mm-hmm. um, in the form of I, I don't know if you knew this, Dr. Lee, but in the mm-hmm. maybe you did. But in the past. um they just by running your license plate, they could tell if you were a medical cannabis holder. In fact, you know, it's funny is that I actually had an officer uh, run my license plate and it's, it's amazing. So it shows, you know, my name, uh, whether or not I have a CDL, whether or not I have a CCW, CCL, a concealed carry license. And right under that, whether or not I have a medical cannabis card and I love that it's next to the concealed carry license as if like those two things relate like
1: it's all the naughty things
0: (laughs) right all (laughs) the naughty things at the bottom (laughs) (laughs) yeah this person might be dangerous do they have a gun do they have weed they got both oh man we got to be careful right Um, I'm
1: very surprised to hear that I actually didn't know that at all
0: yeah, so that actually went away according to uh, a law that was passed. And um, apparently, six months after that, now that was closer around adult use legalization. I really need to find the law. And if I can't, I'll try, folks, to put the, the information in the podcast description if I'm able to. Right now, I can't find it. Um, but six months after the passing of that law, Illinois state police were supposed to have been barred from that data. Mm-hmm. which would make me think that you would be able to get through with a firearm purchase because that data would no longer be shared. But this, what you shared within the last month makes me think differently. It makes me think that they do still have access to that data in a form. And that would be because I believe, and I might be wrong. I'm really, I, I but I've been through the, I know people that have been through the process of acquiring a firearm from an FFL and personally, I've been through the process. And so, from what I understand, there is a state level check because you know you provide your FOID. So, like, I think through the Secretary of State, they access that information somehow or another. Now, why the Secretary of State has that data, your your guess is as good as mine. Um, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing, the whole thing that we really arrive at is like man, there should be some protection for this data, you know? Yeah.
1: I mean, uh, first of all, I I don't think it should have an, an impact. You know, being a medical marijuana patient should not have an impact because there is research behind this and it shows that violent crime rates when states legalize or states liberalize going from medical to recreational, it does not increase violent crime rates. If anything, there's a slight decrease. And things like, suicide domestic violence they actually slightly go down so it's not like being a medical patient is gonna make you a dangerous gun owner it kind of seems the opposite that it might you know have probably no effect and maybe even chill things out a little bit um, but it's it's really just a, a parody thing you know it's not it's not my business to say whether guns are bad or good um, it I, I personally invested in marijuana and marijuana patients. Um, I want everyone to live a good, normal life, however you want to choose to do it. And, you know, if there is information, data behind it, that should be guiding our decision. Um, so you're you're right. There's this way that people are, fi- or the police are figuring out who knows why. Um, but thing is, they, even if they do choose to do this, they should be more clear about it. I yeah. think- You know, saying yes or no, yes, we're going to use this to make a decision or no, we're not going to use this to make a decision. I think that should be very clear. So even if you do use it to deny people gun ownership, you know, be just super obvious about it. Pass a law that says yes. Pass a law that says no. Have a state consensus. I think, you know, not being able to easily Google it is already too nebulous. A lot of people on the Reddit forum were like, it's so obvious. this, 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 and that. Here's a three paragraph explanation. I personally don't consider that super obvious super obvious to me would just be the state saying yes you can own a gun or no you can't own a gun so yeah. I, I just i desire clarity
0: yeah and i mean in some form or another like maybe on the fucking medical cannabis patient portal that would probably be nice you know some sort of just clear communication like you say some clear yeah. statement but
1: exactly people really care about this shit yeah,
0: I... yeah and like you say, everything that the, the, the government has provided has only provided more questions. So one of the things you linked in your post was, of course, they did it on the bastion of uh, information sharing. I think I'm quoting you when I say that Uh, Facebook, they, the Illinois state police posted a statement on Facebook saying, you know, no, we won't. I can't remember what exactly they said. They won't take your guns except for in cases of habitual or you know uh, or if you're approved to be a habitual or addicted user you know which in the, in the case of a medical cannabis user it sounds like they're using that as proof if you are a medical cannabis patient well that's proof that you're habitual or addicted you know um yeah, yeah. anyways
1: well in any case i think the bottom line is that people i mean i shouldn't even be doing this because it's going to lower my business but people may have to you know think about that if you are going to be a medical patient you probably can't buy a new gun
0: yeah and that that's just it we should be clear you just can't buy a new one from a store that requires a in all stores to be clear if you're buying from a licensed store all stores require a federal background check so you are only able to purchase a firearm via private transfer Um, however, with, you know, this is just something to keep in mind, Dr. Lee. Um, if we're talking about adding universal background checks to all gun transfers, that would effectively mean that there would be a federal background check on all firearms, which would effectively mean that medical cannabis patients would not be able to purchase firearms anymore. Currently in Illinois, the private transfer is the only way you can legally purchase a a firearm and, and that's just because people call it the gun show loophole uh you're not required to go through a background check you are required to file it with the state and everything um just the federal background check is not required for private transfer so right Um,
1: very strange times indeed
0: (laughs) yes so folks yeah it's something to weigh it's something to consider um but but you know, ultimately if you want access to medical cannabis and if you want the protection of being able to cultivate at home, it's a strong reason to consider getting a card. Uh, that's one of the strongest reasons is the, the ability to cultivate cannabis cannabis at home. I mean, we talk all the time about how expensive the cannabis is and the Chicago sun times just reported about how maybe the cannabis isn't always testing, you know, uh, you know maybe sometimes there's mold in the cannabis or whatever else and so you know take take it into your own hands get your get a card start growing your own learn you know as much as you can and uh, take your medicine into your own hands right right fan yeah um, <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah that's one of the strong things about the illinois medical cannabis program is that right to grow so All right, Dr. Lee. Well, any other thoughts on uh, firearms and medical cannabis?
1: Not really. I think we talked about it all. Well, everything I I know.
0: (laughs) I agree. I think mostly folks, we're not trying to impart, you know, any opinions on firearms. We're just trying to say like, hey, you know, if you're getting your card, this is something to consider. And I wanted to give you also a few reasons to consider getting your card. Like I say, one of the strongest ones is the right to grow. It's one of the the best things you can get um, right now in Illinois. So uh, let's, why don't we move on to some other topics, Dr. Lee, before to close out the show, we've got a little bit more time here to chop it up. Um, Why don't we talk about cannabis and pregnancy? I wanted to talk to you about this because Mm -hmm. um, I feel like there's been a lot of judgment cast on like, um, like cannabis and motherhood, and like I, I think it's important to distinguish. Like, I think using cannabis as a mother is prob is just fine. I don't judge, you know, want hashtag wine moms or whatever. So I'm not going to judge hashtag cannabis moms, right? But I yeah. do wonder. I do have to ask you, as a physician, mm-hmm. what do you know about cannabis use during pregnancy? I think that's a diff that's a big difference you know that's during pregnancy so what do you know about that
1: yeah i this is actually a topic that's pretty well researched it's pretty much a no just to give the answer right off the bat um as soon as you find out you're pregnant or even if you're trying to be pregnant you really should stop using marijuana and there's a bunch of reasons for that that we can really dig into um and it's not you know, you might think that it just has to do with the physical act of smoking, just because we know smoking cigarettes is obviously one of the worst things you can do during pregnancy. Um, but it's not just the physical act of smoke, it's the THC and the CBD itself that we also think has to do with, you know, why you shouldn't use cannabis during pregnancy. Um, so the answer is a hard no. And I totally agree with you. It can totally be a n- normal part of your life once you are. Past the perinatal stage, you have a baby, um, as long as you are not breastfeeding. Because even in that situation, um, THC is fat soluble, breast milk is mostly fat. There is information showing that baby still gets a fraction of your THC dose through your breast milk. So if you are if you take that part out of the equation, sure, no problem. Um, But you know, from the research side of things it is definitely a no until further notice. And I don't think there will be any further notice. I touched on this topic last year on my blog. And since that point, um, it seems like an even harder. No, like there's more information out there showing that it's probably not something you should do during pregnancy.
0: And I got to ask even just like CBD. And even if it like, you're not inhaling it, but you're eating it. You know, I'm just trying to think of like.
1: Exactly. I mean, that's that to me is the surprising part, because when you're dealing with um, tobacco, we know that blood vessels hate smoke of all sorts. Um, And the womb is very vascular. So your baby gets blood through a bunch of little blood vessels. Tobacco makes those blood vessels really shrivel up. And that's a huge part of why it's bad to smoke. Um, So you would think that it has to do just with the smoke, but it doesn't. The baby, baby has uh, endocannabinoid receptors in the brain um, starting at like eight weeks of gestation, really early. Um, That's our conception of pregnancy right now. So even if you're consuming THC or CBD orally, uh, baby still gets a dose. Um, It gets a dose and it gets it in the brain and it does look like that dose Uh, affects the way that babies develop after they're born. Um, So you have a baby, they're exposed to marijuana in utero, they're born, and then they don't meet their milestones, um, which are basically what we use as physicians to say that a baby is developing in a normal, healthy way. Um, But patients, babies that are exposed to marijuana in the womb, uh, they don't really develop in the same awesome way that a normal baby would um and that's you know that's where the responsibility of being a good marijuana patient or a good marijuana advocate comes into play yes it's amazing for a million things it makes your life a lot better but there are situations in which uh more important things are at play like your baby's health um or my medical license in <laughs> <laughs> yeah for
0: yeah. sure for sure well um Thank you for touching on that. And, you know, when you bring that up, I actually was reminded that PBS recently had a pretty interesting um, report kind of on not only um, I was about to try to be smart and say something like, uh, you know, a report on prenatal. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) uh, They were trying to do a report on like cannabis use during pregnancy, but then they're also like following these children through adulthood and kind of like doing brain scans and whatever else. I don't even know. It's, it's very interesting. So
1: yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Look, look into that folks. If you want we to. do think
1: that there, when, when these kiddos get to school age, there are some attention issues, maybe an increased situation with ADHD and similar uh, conditions. Um, but it definitely seems to affect their brains and their development in some way. And honestly, that should be enough to, you know, really say, you know, no, so nine months does seem like it is forever, but it's definitely not worth it. You know, you won't want any of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Um, well, to close, you know, maybe this would be a, a good topic to close on because it's kind of all in one. Um, the, the benefits of like rescheduling or descheduling cannabis—we've touched on mm-hmm. it kind of in the past, but you know, why is that? Uh, why is that a good thing? You know, like why do yeah. we? Why would we want that?
1: <laughs> well, I think when we were planning this conversation, one of the things that you mentioned is that uh, Pfizer acquired a really big cannabis lab called Arena Pharmaceuticals yeah um, and they have a really sophisticated pipeline to devise medications based on individual cannabinoids. So that is the future. you know we know a lot about THC, we know a ton about CBD2 um, but there's more. there's more in a plant, and this has to do with every single patient out there. you know, I, I get asked this question all the time, like is there a specific product that's good for my headaches? Is there a specific product that's good for my anxiety? Um, right now, I can tell you a little something, something about CBD and THC because we do have a lot of information on it, but I can't really say shit about anything else. And that is probably not good enough. You know, there's, there's way more potential in this plant, and we're finally getting to the point where we can isolate certain things, cannabinoids, serpenes. Um, the, the technology we have lets us separate these out. Being Schedule One makes it really hard to study these. So we can't really take the next step uh, with marijuana until we're descheduled. Um, so I think that's really what we're missing out on right now is you know the potential to do a lot of other things. Um, just to give you an example, there's a there's an oral spray called Sativex that's available in Europe and it treats multiple sclerosis, which is a really difficult condition to treat in the states. You don't have a a ton of good options. Um, But they've developed this new way to administer cannabis. And, you know, we're just not there. So we probably have a population of people that could really benefit from this stuff um, and can't because we're still scheduled. Um, And, you know, you you take that even further. I I personally think that there's kinds of marijuana that are probably better for people with anxiety versus others. Um, And we're not really doing them a great service. We're saying, you know, go to the dispensaries try some stuff out and see how it works but a lot of marijuana products make anxiety worse um, so instead of putting that burden on the patient and saying just go crazy try some shit out and see how it works <laughs> um, you know we really should be able to offer them better and more specific advice as doctors um, and that's just a huge part of what's missing right now
0: yeah well you went exactly where i wanted to go which is just that like it's with you know, we talk about medical cannabis, and it's interesting. There's this like weird. There's like mixed feelings, and I know that this con- conversation might be somewhat controversial. But there's mixed feelings. Like people will be very pro-vaccine. I, you know, not that anybody asked, but I just got boosted the other day, and I, I haven't grown. Go, any, I haven't grown any tits on my head, as uh, they say on South Park. <laughs> I've got <So>. seven. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> But, um, you know, they, so, you know, a lot of people are kind of encouraging people to get vaccinated, but then I talk to some cannabis advocates and they they hear about Pfizer getting in and they're like, oh, I don't like big pharma. I don't want big pharma in my, uh, you know, cannabis. And it's like, yeah, but big pharma to an extent are the folks that allow us to achieve like consistency with medicine, you know, through clinical trials and research big pharma
1: when you need big pharma it will be there for you you know there's a reason we have it and a lot of it definitely sucks but like if you get cancer you want a drug that we know works for something really challenging like there's reasons to like the big research machine um that is just my
0: yeah Well said. Well, and I I just, I thought it wrapped back around to a good point that you made, which is this, that we're having a conversation about two cannabinoids when we know full and well that there's over a hundred, you know, there's hundreds of cannabinoids. And like you said, it's just a matter of time before somebody figures out a way to not only make, you know, significant profiles for, for different types of medications, um, but achieves that consistency that you expect in a medical product. Because frankly, that is the one thing that's lacking in medical cannabis right now is consistency. You're never going to go back and get the same product. Yeah. You know, you just, definitely. and, and I want to be clear because it, it's weird that this is controversial. I am not saying that there's not still room for the cannabis industry as it is. I'm not saying that craft cultivators, you know, I think there's still room for craft cannabis and cannabis to remain as it is but when we're talking about the future of cannabis medicine well Mm -hmm. it's time to do some clinical research right and uh that all starts with rescheduling or descheduling like you said so
1: yeah and it also has to do with like the way we practice medicine right now too because you could honestly go into a hospital formulary and you know, make a pretty decent case to get rid of a lot of things and replace it with marijuana, that it's a lot safer and has a proven track record of not causing any overdoses, mm-hmm. uh, which you can't say for a lot of these other medications. And uh, I like think benzos, opiates, a whole bevy of things that we're just so used to using as doctors. Uh, we're never going to be able to take that next step, give people in hospital this, you know, reduce the harm that these pharmaceuticals are causing without the discount point.
0: Oh yeah. Well, on that note, um, unless you have anything else you'd like to discuss on, on this topic. Um,
1: I do not, you got all my best satellites.
0: Good deal. Good deal. Well, Hey, uh, we want to wish everybody a happy holidays. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, we hope you stay well. And, um, if you need access to medical cannabis, Dr. Lee's your guy. Yeah. Um, greenmindphysicians.com you can find them on social media Green Mind physicians, easy to get a hold of the whole process is super easy i've been through the process i know multiple people that have been through the process most I've, most people i know just did it right on their phone you can join virtually from your phone super easy take advantage of that while while illinois still allows i don't see any end to that in sight but definitely take advantage of that telemedicine uh, while you still can cuz it's super convenient um yeah. and yeah, Dr. Lee. Well, we'll be in touch. I I know that for a fact. We'll have you back on in the future. Um. So, folks, just one last time, wanted to say, Dr. Lee's blog is great. Check it out. Uh, it's got topics that we discussed on today's show and much more. Uh. So definitely check it out. It's a treasure trove of information. Dr. Lee, thanks again for your time today, and um, we'll see you next time on the Illinois podcast.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me on.